Thanks for joining us here at Thrive Church. We're a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. For more information, go to our website, www.thrivechurch.co.za. That's got to be the world's heaviest pulpit. I'm like, you actually cannot lift this thing. I feel like I can do anything here because these girls are like comedians. (laughs) I'm like, what is going on? This is like a comedy church. Pastor Kathy's leading the way, followed by Pastor Candice. (laughs) So girls, anything could happen in here and probably will. (laughs) I was not expecting that video of all of us. I was like, where did they get all this? And all that information? (laughs) Wow. Okay, everybody say wow. Wow. Um, Maybe I could just have a little tiny bit, um, maybe fall back, a little tiny bit more fall back, because then I won't go super high pitched and you'll all be like blocking your ears. Okay, well, I want to say first and foremost, what a huge honor it is to be here. And um, what an incredible lady this lady is, Pastor Kathy. Can we just honor Pastor Kathy? And 50 years married. 50, give her a hand for that. That's amazing. That deserves about 50 hand claps. No. <laughs> I'm 25 years married this year. So you're, I thought that was good, but you've doubled me. I really honor you, Pastor Kathy, and thank you for leading the charge and doing all that you do. You're an incredible woman, and you're very, very funny. <laughs> never, never in my entire serving Jesus life, ever, have I heard anyone receive an offering and include bras and tampons. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that goes down in history. Never in my life. So that is awesome. And really, really want to honour um, Pastor Candice and Pastor Byron. I'm sure he's somewhere in the room. And um, I spent some time with these guys today. What incredible pastors you have. And incredible leaders, incredible church builders. And really, um, they're my new friends. Yes. And really, I really, um, I love spending time with you. You know, you know how you meet people and you're like, no, they're awesome. And when I came out at the airport, I thought I was going to be greeted by Nikki, who I thought was Candace. But then it was Candace. So I was like looking at Candace thinking, oh, you're Candace. But I thought Nikki was Candace. <laughs> but now I know Nikki Coleman is Nikki Coleman and Candace Chicken. <laughs> Byron Chicken. You guys are blessed. That's all I'm going to say. Candace and Byron Chicken. So really honour you guys. Huge. um, (laughs) I think you come up here and something funny comes on you. But really huge honour and I I really don't take it lightly that I get to share the word with all of you girls and it's a really great privilege and I really know that God has got something for every single one of you tonight. Um, whether in your, you're in the back row there or right down the front row, God has got something for you. He wants to encourage us together and he wants to propel us forward into everything he has for you. For you. So those that don't know me, my name's Lucinda and I'm married to Pastor Phil, Pastor, Pastor, 
I don't call him Pastor Phil. I just call him Phil. <laughs> and he, I have three beautiful children. I'm going to put a picture up just again because they're awesome. Okay, there's my children. Look at my son. How handsome is he? He is 13, turning 14. And that's my middle daughter. Is actually my oldest daughter, the middle one. Her name is Abby Grace. And then my son is actually called Zachariah Joseph Philip Dooley because I couldn't decide. So I thought I'd call him all the names. And Zachariah means um, God remembered Joseph to give me a highly favored son who, and Philip means loves horses. So God remembered to give me a highly favored son who loves horses. <laughs> that's him, that's him. Then Abby Grace, she's just gracious and kind. You can see that, hey. And that's Bella, and she's just um, changing the world all by herself. <laughs> and that is my three beautiful children. I have a husband and a dog. That's, <laughs> that's my husband, and that's my dog, Spencer. <laughs> we adopted Spencer. He's a mix of all kinds of dogs, and we wonder if he's got a bit of cat in him as well, because <laughs> he's just crazy. And that is my um, crazy family, and we moved here 10 years ago to start Hillsong, to pioneer Hillsong Church in Africa in South Africa, and now it's gone into Africa, actually, because we've started two connect groups, one in Kenya and one in Mauritius, because we thought we might want to retire one day, so we should have a location in Mauritius. <laughs> Who thinks that's a good idea? <laughs> yes. Um, so we've had an awesome adventure, and I just want to say that I feel that I've come to the promised land. And no one should move countries. You should all stay here for the rest of your life and change Africa and the continent of Africa. And if you believe it, say amen. <laughs> okay, are you ready for the word? Are you sure? Okay, are you ready for God to do something in your life? Are, are you ready for him to challenge you? Are you sure? And are you ready to go out of here and make this world a better place? Okay, this is exciting. So lift your hands to heaven. Everybody lift your hands to heaven. Say this, dear Lord Jesus, I'm ready to receive. Open up my heart. I know, say this, sorry, um, just come back with your prayer. He doesn't mind that we mess our prayers up. Say, say this, dear Lord Jesus, I'm ready to receive. I open up my heart, big and wide. And I ask you to speak to me, encourage me, inspire me challenge me, do something new and fresh in me, so I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name, and everybody shout it, amen, amen. Kiss a girl next to you and you can be seated. Okay, guys, I'm going to go for it. Tonight, tonight, this is what I would love to accomplish in this room. I would love my message to accomplish three things. Are you ready? So get your notebooks out and your pens. I would love my word to do this. I would love my word to reawaken, to reawaken the leader on the inside of you. I would love my word tonight to remind you that you're actually called to lead and impact and influence this world. And I would love my word tonight to remove, help you to remove any obstacles that might get in the way of you doing that. 
So I want it to reawaken the leader in you. I want it to remind you tonight that you're called to lead. And I want tonight to remove any obstacles of fear, a doubt, or unbelief that might get in the way, or confidence that might stop you from being the leader that God has called you to be. When I speak about leadership, don't think I'm speaking about talking from a stage. That's not leadership. That's just talking from a stage. Leadership is much different to that. I'm going to put up a slide um, of what leadership actually is. It's going to come up on the, on the screens just here. Or this screen here. Oh, in the middle. Look at this. That's what I said. It was coming in the middle. <laughs> When I talk about leader, see, leader, people think leadership's about a position, but I think leadership's about impacting people. People think lead, being a leader is about a role. I actually think it's about relationship. People think leadership's about a title. I actually think it's about taking up your cross. People think leadership is about someone giving you an opportunity, but I actually think it's about seizing every opportunity. And people might think leadership's about a function, but I actually believe it's about fulfilling the call of God upon your life. And girls, I want to remind you tonight, every single girl listening to me tonight is called to impact people, to build relationships, to take up your cross, to seize the opportunity and to fulfill the God-given call upon your life. So our senior pastor, Bobby Houston, she received a word um, late last year or the early, early, early this year. And I'm just by a gentleman who many of you may know, his name is Steve Penny. He is a, like a little prophetic, a little, he's actually not little. He is actually a big man and he is a prophetic voice. Mm. When I heard that, I actually got goosebumps and I'm like, that word, that word's not just for Bobby and a few girls in her world, I believe that you've got me here tonight and I'm playing you that little tiny clip because I believe that is a word for our city, our nation, and I'm crazy enough to believe for our continent that God is raising up girl leaders like never before who are re reawakened to the fact that they're called to lead, they're reminded, and they have to continue to remove anything that is going to stop them or get in the way. Um, and that's what I believe God is doing. So three things tonight. Three things I believe that God would want to remind us to be. Number one is this. We girls are called to be catalyst creators. Tell your neighbor, you're a catalyst creator. You're a catalyst creator. So what is, you're probably thinking, what is a catalyst creator? Well, what is a catalyst? Have a look at the screen. This is the meaning of a catalyst. A catalyst is a chemical reaction that happens quickly without itself being quickly without itself being changed it's an event or a person that encourages progress and causes change in the lives of others so girls it's a little bit like this i actually believe our lives are called to be catalyst creators we are called to bring change to the lives of others and it can be very very simple i have a little bit of food coloring here if i put one drop of food coloring into this water. One drop of food coloring out of the jar 
Look what starts to happen. It starts to become a catalyst for the rest of the water. And girls, I want to remind you that your life is actually called to be a catalyst for everybody, everywhere, all the time, always around you, because you're called to be a catalyst, a catalyst creator. So I want to tell you three ladies in the Bible who were catalyst creators. The first lady, I call her the woman with the camels. The woman with the camels. She was a catalyst creator. I'm going to tell you this story. So there was Abraham. Abraham was the father of faith. Abraham married Sarah. Abraham and Sarah had a son. They called him Isaac. Now, the problem with Isaac is he didn't have a wife. And so Abraham said to his servant, I want you to go and I want you to find a wife for my son Isaac. So the servant's like, oh my gosh, (laughs) this is like a big responsibility. He's now a matchmaker. (laughs) He's got the spiritual mantle of a matchmaker. And he has to go and find a wife of not just any wife. He has to find a wife of noble character. He has to find a a very classy, high-end woman for this boy Isaac. So we're going to pick the story up in Genesis chapter 25, and let's have a look at what happens here. Genesis chapter 24, that's what I said. (laughs) Then, we'll read from verse 12. Then he prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today. And show kindness. So he's praying. The the matchmaker is now praying. God, please um, make me successful today. Show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside the spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be when I say to the young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink. She She will say, drink. Drink and I'll water your camels too. And I'll let her be the one that is... I'll let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness. So he's saying, when I go out, um, show me the right woman. It's got to be one who, when she sees me, she says, I'll give you a drink and I'll give all your camels a drink. So he goes, that, then I'll know that that's the woman. Okay, that's his prayer. Very specific. Okay, so before he finished praying, before he finished praying, Rebecca comes out with a jar on her shoulder. And she was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. The wife was very beautiful and a virgin. Oh, and no man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring. She filled her jar and she came um, up again. And she came up again. The servant hurried to meet her and said, please give me a little water. Okay, get this from your jar. And she says, drink, my Lord. Drink, my Lord. She said. And quickly lowered the jar to her hands and she gave him a drink. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they've all had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar and into the trough. She ran back to the well to draw more water for the camel and she drew enough water for all the camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. 
So the interesting thing here is the woman with the camels, do you know when you traveled in those days, I did a little bit of study, you would never just take one or two camels. Generally, you would go with about 10 camels. Now, if Rebecca was to get water, not just for the man, but for all 10 camels, she would have needed approximately 250 gallons of water. That is 950 litres. That would have taken her hours to get this job done. So this job did not look glamorous, did it? This job, didn't, this job did not look like a um, God opportunity. This job did not look like she was a catalyst creator. This job did not look like, wow, getting a drink of water was actually going to change history for the rest of her life. This just looked like a little bit of water. Yet I love this girl because she actually had a different kind of spirit and a different kind of attitude. She had an attitude of kindness. She had an attitude of hospitality. She had an attitude and a spirit of warmth. She had an attitude and a spirit of extra mile. And she had an attitude and a spirit that said, whatever it takes. And she had an attitude and a spirit that said, I'm not afraid of the hard work. I'm going to roll my sleeves up and I'm going to do whatever it takes because I just want to be a blessing. She didn't know the servant was anybody. She just thought she was being a blessing. Now, let me get you a drink. And can I also get you a drink? And how about I get this camel a drink and that camel a drink? And oh, no, I can't call you a camel. And this camel a drink. And that's what she did. But do you know what the amazing, listen to this, the amazing thing about this story is Abraham married Sarah. Sarah and Abraham had Isaac. The servant goes out, finds a wife. Now Isaac marries this woman called Rebecca. Then Rebecca gives birth to two children or three children, but two we'll talk about, Jacob and Esau. And then they are in the lineage of Jesus Christ, the saviour of the world today. She would never have thought looking after 10 camels was going to change the world. But what was she? She was a catalyst. Help me out, girls. She was a catalyst creator. The second woman who was a catalyst creator is the woman, I call her the woman at the well. No, actually, go back. I'm going to do this one. The woman with the oil. So there was this lady with a little jar of oil. She had some special oil. It was um, Gucci. <laughs> it was Gucci oil. <laughs> Gucci came in many, many years ago. They've been transforming it. She had a little bit of Gucci oil. Just a little jar, like a little jar. That's it. That's what she had. And um, let's have a look. She, she, there's a story about her in Mark 14. Have a look at this with me, Mark chapter 14. It says, um, Jesus was in Bethany, a guest of Simon the leopard. While he was eating dinner, a woman, a woman, <laughs> came up carrying a bottle of a very expensive perfume. Opening the bottle, she poured it on his head. Some of the guests were furious. They were furious among themselves. That's criminal, a sheer waste. The perfume could have been sold for over a year's wages and handed to the poor. And they swelled up with anger. Jesus said, let her alone. Why are you giving her such a hard time? She has just done something wonderfully significant for me. 
And you will have the poor with you every day for the rest of your lives. And whenever you feel like it, you can do something for, for them. But not so with me. She did what she could when she could. Can you say that with me? She did Say it again. She did what she could, when she could, with her little bottle of perfume. But yet 2,000 years later, I'm standing up here in um, Boxburg, in Johannesburg, preaching to you about the little woman with the perfume because she did what she could, when she could, and she became a catalyst creator. And do you know what she did? She prepared Jesus' body for burial for the greatest miracle of all kind, the salvation of humanity. She would never, ever have thought pouring a little bit of perfume out would have been such a historic act. She was a catalyst creator. And then the other woman who was a catalyst creator is the woman at the well. I love this woman at the well. I love her because normally to be a catalyst creator, you think you've got to have it all together and you've got to be like this angelic woman. But you know the woman at the well, like think about her. Jesus goes to the well to get water, bumps into a woman, starts this conversation and then he discovers that the woman has had five divorces. You'd think after one or two or three, she might call it quits, but no. This woman had one, two, three, four, five divorces. And now she's on to her sixth man. So let's be honest, girls, if we're having a cup of tea. (laughs) We would probably say, I think she's got a few issues. (laughs) You would. No, you laugh, but you know you would. You'd be like, honestly, I don't know what she's doing. She needs to stop. She needs to stop doing this. So it would say to me that this woman probably had a few, um, probably maybe some moral issues, maybe. I mean, onto her sixth man. Maybe she had some deep, deep hurt. Maybe she had some um, deep identity issues. Would you say? If you were thinking of someone who's onto the sixth one, you'd think, wow, what's going on like inside? Like maybe she should... Like, deal with that and not take it into the next one. But she kept going. So I would say this woman probably had a few challenges, a few issues, a few, a few niggles, a few um, identity crises on the inside. Yet what is so incredible about this, when she encounters Jesus, just encounters him at a well, she becomes this incredible catalyst creator. Because look what happens. I've got to read it to you. It's so awesome. It says this in John 4. She's just been with Jesus, okay? Then it says this. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and she said to all the people, she goes, oh, everybody, come and see. Come and see a man who's told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and they made their way toward him. So now the whole town is coming towards Jesus. Okay, is that amazing? Because the woman at the well has now become a 
catalyst creator. And so I want to suggest to all the girls in the room, you don't have to be professional Christian. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a church leader. You don't have to wait for someone to give you a title. Every single one of us in this room is called to be a catalyst creator. Do you believe it? I got this email to my inbox just last Monday. Absolutely blessed me. It said, good evening. I hope this is the correct email. If it is not, please kindly pass on to Pastor Lucinda and Phil. My name is Peter Manley, and I wanted to take the time to write to you. I have been working in South Africa for over a year, based in Century City, across the road from Hillsong Church. I am not a believer, but I would like to express my gratitude from my wife and I. There is a young African girl that walks, that works at your church. I see her walking in the area almost every day on an errand. We have never met, but she bumped into my wife a few weeks ago, and my wife had recently had a miscarriage and was experiencing a low day. She was at a coffee shop, and this girl, Nasipo is her name, not sure of how you spell it, noticed her and asked my wife's well-being. After their brief conversation, Nasipo went into the shop nearby, left a surprise gift, a note for my wife, along with the money for a bill, for the bill. The gesture has sat with me for these weeks. Often I did not see the relevance of a church, let alone in affluence. He thinks our church is affluent. <laughs> Until we lost our child. And someone caring enough for a stranger has meant so much to us. The words have helped my wife on very hard days. The simple act has restored our faith in humanity. I am glad for your church in this suburb. And I am sure you are having reaching impact. I have read about the Hillsong Africa website, um, Foundation on your website. And I will be contributing some funds to the work that you do in the Western Cape. It is quite remarkable. Thank you that you train your people to be kind and loving. It is rare outside natural relations. Our pain has in a way been overshadowed by, by some kindness. Okay, is that profound? I, that girl's not on our staff. She's actually a volunteer and she comes in and she goes across the road to Woolworths every day almost to do a new hospitality hamper. <laughs> and as she's buying her hospitality hamper, she comes across this lady who's had a miscarriage. She shows kindness and then the whole story turns around and now the man's giving us money. Come on! <laughs> that is awesome! I realized how easy it is to be a catalyst creator. So girls, you don't have to be clever or talented. You just have to decide, I am a catalyst creator. I just want to remind you girls that you're called to be a catalyst creator. Everybody can do something. And if we rally together, you know what? We're better together. We will seriously change a city and a nation and a continent. And if you believe it, shout. Amen. You're called to be catalyst creators. Second thing that we're called to be is we're called to be territory takers. Come on, territory takers. You know, the Bible says in John chapter 10 and verse 10, it says this, a thief has come to steal and to kill and to destroy. 
But then he says, but I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And do you know what? Too long now has the enemy been going in and trying to kill, steal and destroy. It is our time, girls, to go back in and start to take back territory. So last week, um, two weeks ago, we went to Paulsmore Prison. And I said, we're going to put on a sisterhood. We're giving out food. We're going to paint the girls' nails. We did their nails. We gave them donuts. We had an honor moment. We blessed everybody. Do you know, 400 women prisoners came in. 228 decisions. I know. It was, it's got to go down. You know, you think you're being a blessing. Well, really, I came away far more blessed. And I realized I watched these girls come in and you watched a whole lot of brokenness and pain come in. But then you watched a whole lot of joy and um, breakthrough walk out. It was amazing. And then what happened on the Thursday of the next week, one of the prisoners got released. So she came to church. And then she had nowhere to live. So then we were able to get her a shelter. And it was amazing. And then we did a, um, I know this church is also doing incredible stuff. I was, we were exchanging stories today, of which I was completely blessed. And then in March, we went to the prison. We did a sisterhood in March. Then one of the prisoners got released, ended up in Somerset West, ended up coming to our Somerset West location. And look what she did on Sunday. She brought her family. All, she had all the family there. All the church was gathered around. They were cheering her on. And I realized, man, we have got a responsibility now, girls, to continue to rise up and take enemy territory back. Because do you know what? The enemy has tried to destroy and steal and kill. But greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. And we're going to march forward. And we're going to go to dark places. And we're going to take back what the enemy has tried to do. And Listen to this scripture. This is um, David in 1 Samuel chapter 30. It says this, he'd just come back from war. And then he go. it says, um, 1 Samuel 30, we'll read from verse 1. It says, three days later, David and his men arrived at Ziglag. The Amalekites had raided the Negev and and Ziglag. They tore Ziglag to pieces. They burned it down. They captured all the women, young and old. They didn't kill anyone. But they drove them like a herd of cattle. By the time David and his men entered the village, it had been burned to the ground and the wives and sons and daughters were all taken prisoner. I mean, this is outrageous. This is like a horror movie. And then David and his men burst out with loud wails. They wept until they were exhausted from weeping. David's two wives, Anami and Jezreel, and, and Abigail, widow of Nabal, had been <laughs> taken prisoner along with the rest. And suddenly David was in, his, in worse trouble. There was talk among the men, um, bitter over the loss of their families, and they were going to stone him. But David, get this, David strengthened himself with trust in his God. He ordered Abiathar the priest, son of Abimelech, <laughs> excuse my interpretation, bring me an ephod so I can consult God. Abiathar brought it to David, and then David prayed to God, shall I go after these raiders, and can I catch them? And the answer came back from God, and this is what he said, go after them. Yes, you'll catch them. Yes, you will make the rescue. And girls, I believe we are called to make the rescue. See, the Ds here, there's five Ds of what caused David to be able to take territory. The number one is he wept. 
he actually was disturbed about what was going on around him. So he actually started to weep. We've got to be disturbed by what we see, not ignore it, but let it disturb us. The second thing he did is he strengthened himself in God. He actually became dependent on a higher source. The third thing he did, he prayed. So he became desperate for God to intervene. And the fourth thing he did is he took territory. He actually became determined. And I want to encourage the girls in this room. Can we just remember to not um, close our eyes and get compassion fatigue to the problems around us, but let's let it disturb us. Let's become dependent upon a higher source. Let's pray and be desperate to God. And let's determine that we're going to take territory. We are going to be territory. So we are catalyst. We are territory. And the final one, if the worship team want to come up, is we are revival makers. <laughs> come on, say it with me, revival makers. You know what? I believe we're actually called to see revival. And one of the meanings of the word revival is actually reawaken. It's reawaken. It's reawaken. So girls, I believe God wants to reawaken something on the inside of us. He wants to reawaken the leader. He wants to reawaken and remind us we're called to lead. He wants to remove anything. He re- wants to reawaken a, um, a love and a compassion and a care and a, a disturbance of lost humanity. He wants to reawaken something fresh and new in us. And do you know, if we can let God reawaken, I believe we'll be revival makers. I want God to reawaken something in me. I don't want to do the next decade the same as I've done the last decade. I want God to reawaken something in me. And my husband sometimes in summer, he gets into bed and he puts um, all over his body a thing called peaceful sleep. I don't know why it's called peaceful sleep because it smells so bad, there's nothing peaceful about it. And whenever he puts peaceful sleep on, I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you've put it on again. I put like the pillows between us. I try to like vent my face so I don't smell it or even try and go to the lounge and lie down for a minute. But you know what? This peaceful sleep is such a strong aroma that I can't ignore it. It's like potent. And girls, I believe that God would want to have us spiritually potent. Not spiritually dull and spiritually boring, but spiritually potent. You know the word potent, it means this. Potent means powerful. It means strong. It means vigorous. It means mighty. It means formidable. It means influential. It means commanding. It means dynamic. And it means forceful. And I believe, girls, that God has called us to be spiritually potent women. Women who um, have so much of God on the inside of them that they cannot help but bring revival and the love and the life of Jesus everywhere they go. And in Galatians chapter 5, it says this beautiful scripture. It says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, but the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not able to do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified that flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live in the spirit, let us, let's read this together. Since we live in the spirit, let us... 
let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's all it says. <laughs> thought there was another verse. Since we live in the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What is in step with the Spirit? Well, the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And I want to encourage us in the room every day when you wake up, do you take a step? Is it love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, love, self-control? Take another step when you're about to um, scream at your children. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, love. When you're about to hit your husband, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, love. Whether or not you're deciding to serve and be a catalyst creator, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, love. When you want to hit your friend, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, When you want to attack the shopping lady, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness. When someone cuts you off in the road, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, self-control. What else might it be? Your boss, oh yes. <laughs> love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, self-control. Let us live in step with the Spirit. And I believe if we live in step with the Spirit, that we will continue to be revival makers. We will be spiritually potent. So girls, we are called to be number one, catalyst creators. Number two, territory takers. Number three, Revival Makers. If you believe it, shout amen. Amen. This message was recorded live at Thrive Church. We hope that it inspired you to move towards Jesus.